Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 48, featuring a review of the Devin Sawa film, Hunter Hunter, that came out this year in 2020. It is New Year's Eve 2020. That is December 31st. Wow, pretty crazy. We started this podcast one year ago. Wait, hold up. <laughs> Damn it. All right, you ready? Yes. Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 48, featuring a review of the newly released Devin Sawa film, Hunter Hunter. Of course, from the year 2020. It is December 31st, 2020, the last day of the dreaded 2020. Uh, I am one half of your hosting duo, JP, podcasting out of Southwest PA, and joining me early in the morning for once is Carly, aka Sleeping In. <laughs> Shut up! Buddy, I'm tired. I'm just saying, you said we would record the pod, I was ready to record the pod at 8am, and it is now 10.30am. 8am? What? You messaged me at like 9.50, don't yeah, act like I you were like... I saw you weren't online, so I was going to wait to bother you. Well, buddy, you waited and it was still too early to bother me. See, I thought... See, you were no, like no, this is bull. I ask you to report the, re- record the pod late at night. It's too late. I ask you to report the co- <laughs> record the pod early in the morning. It's too early. Make up your mind. <clears throat> You're the one who thought it was too late last night. You're like, I'm tired. I just worked all day and I'm tired. I did go to sleep at, like as soon as I got home, more or less. Yeah, I went to sleep at like midnight. And also, I just thought... You were lying. Like, you weren't actually going to wake up at 10 a.m. to record. And then I got a message that said, salutations, buddy. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is officially our last episode of 2020. Um, it'll probably post early 2021, I assume. Uh, I'm going to send it over to Phil today, but I don't know if he'll get to it since it is New Year's Eve. Um, yeah. But... Next week, uh, we're not going to do a top 10 or anything because Carly is going to be joining us on 22 Shots for our end of year show, which we record that on January 8th, and then it'll post like a week later. So she'll actually be doing that on there. And there's no point to us really doing it twice. Um, But I did want to discuss next week um not necessarily my top 10 because i haven't seen that much but i wanted to highlight um some things maybe around 10 uh non-horror things that i watched this year that i thought were good so i will uh do that next week and if you want to list anything you can as well all right i shall I really haven't seen much. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, this week, you know, uh, I guess it's... I guess next year we'll sort of... Ref- or next episode will sort of reflect on the 
the year since this is still technically before the year ends and um yeah that's basically it anything going on with you um not too much i am a tired little guy and i can't believe it's the last day of the year right now it's kind of crazy doesn't feel like it but um well i mean did you have a good christmas buddy yeah i did um you got me a bunch of stuff that i wanted so i appreciate that um you got me a couple of vincens um most notably the Beastmaster Vinegar Syndrome, which is the first title in their new line called Vinegar Syndrome U, uh, or Vinegar Syndrome Ultra, which is featuring Ultra HD uh, titles. So that's that release is like insanely cool looking. You're welcome. And uh, a couple of other Vinegar Syndromes that uh, I thought was cool. And what else did you get me? Some Switch games, which I appreciated. Been playing some Spyro the Dragon, which is a game I grew up on when I was a kid. I uh, used to actually, there was a place called Video Land um, right in Brownsville. Uh, I think I've pointed it out to you before. It's kind of like where that big banana used to be, like yeah. on that little stretch. I yeah. think it's a tanning place now. But mm-hmm. it used to be called Video Land, and they it was actually one of the smaller video rental stores that we had, but it had, you know, VHS, uh, but it also had PlayStation games, and there was, uh, I would go there and rent Spyro a lot. Uh, I don't see, I don't know if it was Spyro 1 or 2. I definitely played 1 a lot when I was a kid. I think I even owned it at one point. I think I might have traded it for something else. And then Spyro... Um, I think I played Spyro 2 or 3 as well. Um, I used to rent that one. But yeah, I always really liked those games. They were a lot of fun. And um, I've been working my way through them. It's funny, I've actually... When I was a kid, I just played them. And didn't really have a purpose. But like, I'm trying to hunter, hunter, uh, 100% them. Or at least the first one. So I've been... In order to do that, you got to collect all the gems from each level. So I've been working on that with each, right. each level that I do. Cool. Very cool, buddy. Uh, yeah. You got me some thanks as well this Christmas. Did I? Yes, a few thanks. A few thanks. Um, you got me one backpack, please, which I wanted really bad and I love. It is one of those, like, Percy-type backpacks that has Jason on it, and I've gotten a few, several compliments on it, so that has been cool. And you got me a Jason hat, which I thought was cool, and you also got me the Friday the 13th box set! Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm quite happy. I didn't even take the plastic off it yet, I'm, like, scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I am very happy with that. I can't wait. See, I can't wait for the new year, because then it's, like, I could, that's when you like don't really have anything to prep for, and then I could just watch all these moves that I have gotten, because you got me the Friday set, and then some other movies, and then uh, you know a few other friends like Austin and Derek and people got me, and my mom even got me a few movies, So, and I also have just an ever-growing stack of films, so I can't wait for the year to end, because then I shall just chill and relax and watch some movies, because I have earned it, but... 
it was a pretty good Christmas. I got some decent stuff from, like, everyone, honestly, and my family and my friends. Like, I got pretty much everything that I would have wanted this year. So, it's been pretty, pretty good, I must say. That's pretty cool, yeah. Um, I, I always love the stuff you get me, um, especially the Vinegar Syndrome titles, like, it always excites me. And I actually got my Vinegar Syndrome box uh, package that I ordered for Black Friday in the mail too, which was really exciting because uh, it took a while to get here. But yeah, I yeah. love how they package stuff and, and they put the little like Vinegar Syndrome tape around it. It's it's, it's just like adds to your excitement because you know what it is right away. Yeah. And I just, uh, I love their slip covers and just holding them. Like, I was like, I want to keep these when I got them for you. Because yeah. they're just so thick and nice. And, and like, the, I, I ordered the two Forgotten Gialli box sets. And, dude, those box sets are so nice. It's like the Amityville set. Um, um, they're, like, done the same way. Which is one of my favorite box sets I own. Which you got me last year. Yes. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And those movies are actually fun to watch those yeah movies. i agree that was a cool box set i really i really was happy because those movies don't get like they never got any love at all you know they were even hard to get on dvd because they yeah. were out of print so long ago but yeah pretty cool mm -hmm. so um i guess we can get into and this will be the end of our blind spots uh we did think about doing another challenge type thing but mm. I think right now we're just going to take it easy because, you know, watching an extra movie every other week was kind of uh, a lot with 22 shots. And, you know, we still have the 05 show to prep and stuff. But when 22 shots goes on a break in the summer, we'll probably bring up some sort of challenge thing to do. I did enjoy huh. doing it. It was fun. But yeah, um, it was like also a pain in the butt whenever you didn't <laughs> like whenever you were on a short week or something you're like oh i gotta watch this blind spot it got it got unfun during the holidays when i wanted to watch like halloween and christmas moves but right. i had to watch like freaking babe and stuff right like that. and i think that's <laughs> why maybe keeping it to like a summer sort of thing into like maybe if we timed it right to start in like may yeah we could end by like <clears throat> october but we did complete it. We did all fourteen or all thirteen of yes. the ones we wanted to do. So I'm shocked that we completed it. I think we shall have a pat on the back. Yeah, I mean we were delayed a little bit. Like some weeks we did two or skipped one and stuff, but it made sense why we did. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, let's go ahead and get into the what we watched portion. Did did you go first last time or did I? Uh, I think that you did because I think it would have been my blind spot that week. But right. we both did one, so right, so you can go. <clears throat> all right. Um, let me see. Put my moves. Um, all right. So first up, I actually watched this one like the day we recorded last week, but I forgot to write it down, so I forgot to talk about it. And you had already talked about it, but Rent a Pal 2020. Uh really enjoyed this film uh this was you know of course about the guy who is kind of lonely he's like in his 40s lives with his mom doesn't really have any friends because he's uh sort of taking care of his mother who suffers from bad dementia and uh he's looking for a girlfriend through this 
Oh, I was gonna ask, is this stuff real? Like, was, was yeah, that they ever did a real stuff thing? Like that. Yeah, it was like really. It was basically like plenty of fish type thing uh-huh. before. Yeah, like t- Tinder. Yeah, it's uh, it was called in this. It was called video rendezvous. Rendezvous. Mhm. Yeah, I was curious if that was a real thing because it seems crazy, but it seems like it would be the way to go back in like the nineties. Um, but yeah, so he's doing like this video thing where you try to meet women uh through this company that you pay for pretty much a subscription and then you go there and get their video and then uh watch it and then see if you want to meet up with them and he's not getting any matches but then he finally gets a match and uh movie kind of you know goes from there it's all about his life and watching it kind of spiral and stuff like that um i thought it was very depressing uh it doesn't really let up on the depression until you get like a few there's a few like kind of funny moments when he's like mom I'm going to run an errand and she like isn't even paying attention to him and he's like just running out the door and leaving her alone uh, it's kind of like almost dark comedy in that way but uh yeah the whole movie I'm thinking like wow this is like really kind of bringing me down but I I liked it a lot for that reason and uh definitely a good movie I recommend it to people I gave this like a 9 out of 10 I really enjoyed it um then after that, I watched a move that you actually included in my gifts. Uh, you gave me both of them, and that is Home Alone. You and I already watched Home Alone 2, so I popped in Home Alone 1, as I hadn't seen it in a while, from 1990. And, uh, yeah, I really like this movie. It's been a long time, like I said, since I watched it. Uh, it used to be, you know, one of my favorites I would watch around Christmas time, but I kind of got away from watching regular Christmas movies around christmas since i always watch horror films and like horror christmas movies so this year i wanted to watch some and uh home alone is good stuff it's funny how home alone 2 is literally the same movie they do so many of the same tropes and stuff like that that the first one does but it's just set in new york um and i agree with you where i think i like home alone 2 a little bit better but i think home alone 1 is more like the better the better made movie yeah because it's, uh, Homeland 2 just amps it up and makes it more ridiculous, where the first one feels slightly more grounded and maybe a little more well done, but I, I just find more entertainment in him going around New York, but first one is still really good stuff, um, I think I, I gave that like an 8.5 out of 10. Um, then I watched Black Christmas from 1974, went over to my mom's on Christmas Day, and, uh, my Christmas Day was kind of sporadic because I was supposed to go to my grandpa's, but he was afraid because it was really snowy out and didn't want me driving up their hill. And then, like, my aunt was already doing something. So I just went to my mother's, and then we met up with my aunt after that. And uh, A Christmas Story was on TV, and I always, you know, have to be that guy who's like, Mom, did you know uh, this dude made uh, another Christmas move? Uh, I-, I tell my whole family this stuff, and no one apparently has heard of Black Christmas and I just always thought it was like one of those ones like Halloween where you at least heard of it but she was like oh yeah I did want to see that so it was on Voodoo for free I logged into Voodoo and popped it on and uh, she enjoyed it and I enjoyed it too I used to think it was like boring and slow and I do still think it's pretty slow but I think I appreciate the atmosphere and I think it has some really creepy moments. Uh, I like the little beats of comedy within it. And uh, it is a really good movie. Uh, you know, just a classic horror film. 
for the to put on around Christmas time. And uh, yeah, like I said, she enjoyed it. So I was happy. I was like, I know it's a little bit slow. And she was like, yeah, but all the 70s movies and stuff like that were like that. So it was a fun watch. I'm glad that she got to see it. Um, I give Black Christmas, uh, I think I give that like an eight and a half out of 10 as well. Um, and then after that, I watched in, in Petagor. I don't know if that's how you say that, from 2019, on Shudder, uh, you know, getting released in 2020, and this is, I think, Korean move, I believe it's a, it's some sort of Asian move, where uh, this girl inherits this house back in her um, old village, and they go to it, and then it turns out that there's, like, this curse that's plagued the village for all this time, and they think that the key of getting rid of it is to kill the girl. So it's sort of an agenda like that. Uh, I like this movie. It was pretty cool. Um, I like the beginning. There's, like, a tool booth scene that I thought was uh, really nifty. And uh, there, there's a lot of cool shots in it. Like, when they're going to the actual village... Uh, it's just like this very grassy uh, land, and I thought it was uh, really well shot. Um, few creepy moments in it, There's and a pizza uh, hut in it. No, nobody. There's a hut in it, and of course it looks like Pizza Hut because Pizza Hut's gimmick is that it looks like a hut. So, um, yes, but there is there's a pizza hut. No, uh, but it was a good movie. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I feel like, you know, I I wouldn't say it's like really a contender for me but I, I liked it for what it was i gave that like a eight or a seven and a half somewhere around that so not bad um then after that i watched uh something that was called ghost story turn of the screw which was a bbc uh adaptation of the turn of the screw a call back to probably our third or second one of our earlier episodes where we did the turning and I uh, kind of reviewed the innocence as well and uh all that uh this is from 2009 and the reason I watched this is because it was actually a Dollar Tree pickup and I wanted to maybe start a series on my YouTube channel where I just review all the Dollar Tree movies I've accumulated over this year and uh so on and I figured I'll start with this because uh, it's easy. It's an adaptation I already know. And yeah, um, it was decent. You know, I didn't feel like it offered uh, anything new to the story. And maybe, you know, I just watched it like two other adaptations of the story this year. So it wasn't really that exciting to me. But it was all right. Like I said, it's a BBC film and uh, it's kind of told where the girl is like in a mental hospital retelling the story of what happened with the kids at the mansion and everything and uh it was all right it was just all right it wasn't like anything mind-blowing but I thought it was uh above average for sure I gave this like a seven out of ten so it wasn't too bad um then after that I watched She Dies Tomorrow from 2020 um because you said like people were kind of putting it on their list and whatnot and I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty bored by this film. Uh, I thought it was, it was just slow, and I think I just wasn't in the mood for it. Um, I thought the concept was cool, you know, a girl uh, just suddenly thinks, like, thinks has it in her head that she's gonna die tomorrow, and then all these other people start thinking the same thing, like, about themselves and whatnot. Um, I couldn't really get into this one, to be honest, uh, but... I would maybe give it another shot down the line. Uh, for now, to me, it's just like a 6 out of 10. I uh, wasn't too into it. Um, and then, finally, last night, 
I watched The Golden Glove 2019. Um, I wasn't even going to watch this. Uh, you told me to watch it, though, um, because you said it was seemed pretty good in the first 20 minutes. I wasn't going to watch it because everyone was like, oh, it's so nasty and gross. And to me, I thought they meant, like, it had moments in it that would make you want to gag or vomit. And I just can't really handle that anymore. Like, I, I can never really handle that. Um <laughs> Very sensitive tummy I have. Uh, my mom is the same way. She's more so that way, though, than me. She can only watch, like, basic slashers, essentially, and not watch any gore. But, um, yeah, this movie was really good, though. It's about uh, this killer. Um, it's following this killer in the 1970s. Um, and I believe it's based on a real killer from that time period. Actually, I know it is. It's based on some guy who killed like, four women back in the 70s, and uh, it's a German film. And he goes to this bar called the Golden Glove and kind of, you know, picks up women in there and stuff. He's very unattractive, and he kind of has, like, this thing where he's always wanting to get, like, a pretty girl, but he's always, like, picking up these sort of gross <laughs> older women who uh, you could tell are, like, down on their luck and don't really have much, and then he brings them back to his apartment, and he kind of treats them like crap, but they kind of accept it, because they're, like, you know, who they are, um, and his apartment's just gross, and everything is, like, really nasty looking in the movie, and I like that. Him, himself is very nasty, so I see what people mean. They mean it's, like, nasty in the way that's, it's just grimy and makes you feel like you need to take a shower because everything in it just seems dirty and unclean. And I do like that. It reminded me of, like, the beginning bits of Necromantic that I refused to watch because we were eating a stack while watching it, and uh, <laughs> we did not want to watch that. So uh, I liked it a lot. Um, there's a few moments, like, in the middle where I'm like, okay, this kind of took, like, it's kind of different now. It's going to, like, a different setting, and I didn't know if I really liked that, but... I thought it was cool. I liked how it wrapped up as well. So I gave that um, an 8.5 out of 10. I saw most people weren't as high on it, actually. Like, just, I always look at letterbox things, and a lot of people kind of gave it, like, the 7 range. But I don't know. I really enjoyed it. So, so that is what I've watched. I'm looking at your uh, list here for 2020 watches on Letterboxd. Uh-huh. And I don't see Gretel and Hansel on there. Oh. Really? Yeah. Just like, I was just like randomly looking. I do. Oh, wait, there it is. I see it. Never mind. Well, see, I do have this. Pro it's driving me crazy. Like, there are two movies that I have on my letterbox list because I wrote everything down in my phone as well. And in my phone, I have that. I have like 85 watches and on letterbox. I think it's 87. And that's really bothering me because I'm like, well, you have some stuff that isn't horror in there. Well, yeah, that I, I put those. I counted. I put those on my list though as well on my phone. So I don't know what I accidentally left out, but it doesn't matter that much anyway. I guess it's like two movies, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, don't look at my moves. Okay, uh, my turn. Fine. Um. Okay. So, what do we have here? You guys watched watch Renapal and the Swerve. I didn't watch a lot. Uh. So we have. Creep Show Holiday Special. Did I talk about that one last time? Um, no. You told me about it, but I don't think you actually. No, I talked about it last time. That's why. Yeah, it is a. Uh, I think it's like forty minutes or something. Mhm. Mm it's a uh, holiday special from the Creep Show TV series. 
and it basically follows this guy who goes to a support group for uh, people who transform and he thinks he's a werewolf and when he gets there he's like it's sort of like an AA meeting and he's like you know thinks he's a werewolf and and they're all like oh so you think you're a werewolf and he's like uh yeah like what 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 do you mean and he's like everybody always thinks they're a werewolf (laughs) and they're like they're like uh you could change into all kind of things and and he's like i'm a turtle and like the other person's like i'm a boar and she's like i'm a cheetah or something and uh it's funny like i thought the way they played on that was really funny and uh you find out that it has to do with like santa claus and stuff like that and then they're bombarded um and uh yeah they have to like fight to survive and transform and stuff it was pretty fun i I really liked it i thought the comedy worked in it really well um i liked it much more than the animated special that they did that i never even finished um Mm -hmm. but yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty good i gave it a 7 out of 10 uh then i watched impedagore which is something that you watched as well um it's a shutter exclusive like you said it follows this woman who uh, inherits this place and there's like a curse on this little village and they are trying to kill her because she might have some kind of connection to the original curse uh i thought it was pretty good it's shot really well it's creepy um there's some like good scenes in there um kind of nasty at times i gave it an eight out of ten uh, then I watched She Dies Tomorrow, which, like you, I really wasn't in it too much. Uh, it has some bleakness to it that I like, and there mm-hmm. are some like cool visuals that I like, but I thought it was a little boring. Um, I gave it uh, a 6.5 out of 10. Right. Um, and then I watched Spontaneous, mm-hmm. which is about this high school um, in America where students are basically spontaneous combusting they're basically exploding into a splat of blood it reminded me of ready or not from last year yeah and uh this we follow this one girl who develops a relationship with a, another young boy and it's sort of them you know trying to get through this thing and uh yeah man i really like this one like a lot it it had first of all like the the like youthfulness of the characters is like so strong like they really kind of hammer home not even necessarily like directly in your face but like you get the sense that like they truly are youths you know that like they're they have their whole lives ahead of them and stuff like that and it's it's it really captures that you know what i mean yeah good move and they like the 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 fear like it's kind of ridiculous in a sense where it's like they're just exploding and there's really not an explanation on why you know what i mean and it's like a little silly in that way but it doesn't take away from the fact that like their lives could be over at any moment and how do you live with that like there's some great scenes with the parents like just kind of like like you can almost if if you it's like they're terminally ill right where it's like 
there's no more there's not that much rules anymore it's like we could die we're pro most of us are probably going to die like we can do kind of whatever we want in a way and it, it it just i don't know something about it just seemed very sad to me and the relationship is put on screen like very well um i just think that it's a really good movie and uh it, it's it is really effective i i really like this one i gave it an 8.5 out of 10 i i'm glad you liked it um, and then I watched McMillions, which was like six episodes, like an hour long each, which this is why, <laughs> this is why I like my, I should watch, I should have like way more 2020 movies, but I've watched like three or four mini series that are all like <laughs> six hours and stuff. Um, but this was an HBO, um, documentary and it essentially follows an FBI, uh, FBI's investigation of the monopoly the mcdonald's monopoly game being rigged um and they're investigating for fraud and it is like super fascinating because i really didn't know anything about this but when mcdonald's launched that game in the 80s uh, all the way up until like the 2000s uh the majority of the game was rigged and the winners of like the million and the like big money like hundred thousand and and you know the big prizes were all fixed like all of them <laughs> which is just insane you find out that the it has ties to the mob and an ex-police officer it's pretty fascinating how they pulled it off and how honestly if they just would have like quit while they were ahead they would have got away with it probably but too many people became involved and too many um you know t just too many people became involved in it and it it, it really was like unlikely that they were going to get away with it forever but i thought it was a really cool documentary i gave it an 8 out of 10 uh and then what else um <clears throat> i watched sputnik from 2020 uh this one follows a uh satellite or a spaceship that's up in orbit and when they return uh one of the uh pilots is essentially infected with like a parasite or a sim sim symbiote symbiote and uh it lives inside him and it comes out at night and to like feed and then it goes back inside him and stuff and they get this um doctor to come in and and sort of study it and uh, of course it has like a corrupt government it's a russian film uh, i actually thought it was pretty cool um, I think it runs a little too long. Uh, it's like almost two hours, and I feel like it's it's a little bit too much. But I really liked the Alien. It was pretty cool. It reminded you a lot of Alien, like the face huggers, like those type of um, aliens, but a little bit different. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. Um, the, it it got some like cool kills in it and stuff like that. Uh, the, it is primarily CGI with the Alien, but I, I still thought it looked good most of the time. So, yeah, I gave that one a 7.5 out of 10. Um, and then I watched Anything for Jackson, which is a, um, what the, it's being described as a reverse exorcism film. It follows this older couple, uh, one's a doctor, and their grandson has passed away. 
and they get involved in sort of satanic rituals uh, and they capture a pregnant woman and they basically want to put their grandson's soul or essence in the woman's unborn baby and to sort of reincarnate her, their dead grandson uh, but they kind of mess it up a bit and like some darkness uh, happens uh, I thought this one was really good too there's some really genuinely scary moments like uh, the vision of the the woman like flossing her teeth out was like horrifying <laughs> yeah uh the the snow blower uh kill thing was pretty terrifying um there's some there's some good stuff in there i thought it was a really good movie um i gave it an eight out of ten uh and then me and you went and seen a movie two days ago in west virginia because we don't have theaters open in pa and i really didn't think about it like I mean, I may have thought about it, like, briefly a while ago. Like, hey, we could technically go to that theater one day if we wanted. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd never really considered it. And then um, Lacey had posted a review of this movie and said it was really good. And I thought it might be a horror film. So I was like, this could be, like, one of the last theatrical films we were able to see if we w could figure out a way to see it. And uh, I looked at... It was playing in West Virginia. And we being on the south uh western part of pennsylvania we're only about like 40 minutes from west virginia mm -hmm. so what was it like 50 minutes to get to that theater yeah like yeah it's pretty much it's like the same amount of time as it takes us to get to some of the other theaters in yeah. pennsylvania so. yeah so we have we have a we actually have a good bit of theaters around us um, we have the one that's like kind of in our hometown, uh, the town next to it, which is, is really close. It's like 15, 20 minutes away. Mm -hmm. Um, but that is also the worst theater we have. It's Garp. literally scum. Like, yeah. I, do you, <laughs> like whenever you walk into the actual, um, you know, the screen room and you like go to sit on the chairs, do you not feel like you're sitting in like waste like toxic well, waste or something well yeah especially since a lot of times you go in and they have some chairs like put off with like caution tape and that's before the pandemic it, it's not to like separate them it's just like the chairs are either broken or who knows so. yeah one time we went in and they had a section taped off because the roof was leaking yeah it's uh it's a shame. I mean, that theater, I don't think, has been updated in the time I've been alive. And no, it's just, it, it used to be a Carmike's, and they made it an AMC, but they just tacked on AMC and never actually renovated it. So. 100%. The, the seats that are in there now, 100% were in there when I was in elementary school. I don't yeah. know the first time I ever went to that theater, but I remember, like, the first time I remember going to it, I was in, like, sixth grade or something, fifth grade, maybe. Uh, and I remember that the seats are exactly the same, exactly the same. And I went there a bunch of times in high school and stuff like that. And it's just got more and more disgusting over the years. Like it is actually like gross. Like the seats feel like they're covered in like sticky, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just nasty. And the Especially... floor is just a sticky mess and everything looks dirty like the carpets are completely yeah. like black they used to be red <laughs> especially um, when you like look at the theater that we just went to and any other theater around us you realize just how like living in the early 2000s this theater is or even the 90s because it's just 
so many AMC's are so nice and updated now, and the chairs are like so nice and it's just so popping. And then you go here, and it reminds me of like being six years old. Yeah, I always, whenever it was open, like I always want to spend money there and like hope that about like I get excited when I see a line of people because I'm like, man. If like this is if this theater gets really successful or like has a comeback, maybe they could redo it one day. Like I just I don't want that theater to die because that's literally the closest one to us. Everyone else is like forty or more minutes away. Yeah. And I don't know if it'll ever happen. Of course, we have a drive-in that's probably six minutes from your house, and mm. then uh, we also have um, we have like a bunch of them spread out in all directions, like forty minutes away. Like we have. One in Greensburg, which is like, you know, a pretty decent one. We don't go to that one often because they kind of get the same movies that all the other ones do. They're a little bit closer, but we go to it every once in a while. Uh, the Waterfront, which is probably like the best big one. Like there's a shit ton of, um, you know, multi, I don't know what it's called. You know, the, 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 what is the actual room that you see the movie in called? Uh, theater? I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I just call it the theater. I yeah, don't know. They, they have like a ton of auditorium, screens. I guess. Yeah, auditorium. they have like a, a lot of screens at that one. So if there's a movie playing, chances are it's going to play there, uh, which is it's that one's about an hour away from us. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have another one that is not an AMC. It's a uh, locally owned one. And that one is a... It's called the Luxury Theater. I really like that one too, and they get they get some stuff that's unique sometimes, but we have to pay for that one because we we have the AMC A list thing, uh, and that yeah. one isn't AMC. Um, is there? Oh, there's that one in South Hills that we go to sometimes. Is that uh, where it one. is? South Hills Village. Um. Well, we went to that one once. There's also that one in Westmoreland area too that. We don't really go to that one that much, but we went to South Hills to see the turning. That's all we went to see there, because um, we're not as familiar with that area. Yeah, I can't. I thought we went there twice, but I could be wrong. Uh, nobody. Um. Yeah. So we we have a bunch, and this one, I'm I'm glad we went to it because it's easy to get to, and it's actually one of the. It's it's honestly closer than most of them to us. <laughs> it might be yeah. like the second closest. Yeah. So, uh, that is pretty cool. And they had, uh, <laughs> it was funny cause they, they had like a, you had to answer these questions before you went into the theater. Like there was someone standing there and they were asking you questions. Like, have you come into contact with anybody with COVID? Has anybody in your family had COVID? And then, um, what was the other thing they asked? Uh, if you've like had any, like symptoms and if you've had a fever or anything like that right pretty much. and then they scan your forehead with a, a temperature gun and i'm like wow this is why pennsylvania shut down <laughs> yeah it's like why couldn't we have done that because like you said no one has done that at all in pennsylvania right. so it's like i wonder but, if they do that everywhere there or if it's just like the theater like i wonder if every if the restaurants and whatnot in west virginia partake in that or what yeah but um, it, we saw A Promising Young Woman, which is a Me Too movement film. Uh, basically follows a woman who is, uh, she dropped out of med school and she essentially is baiting 
potential sex offenders into going out with her she pretends to be drunk and then she confronts them when they try to make a move on her and i like the one thing that would make this a horror movie if she was killing them Mm -hmm. but she's not she's just kind of like haha got you type thing and like trying to teach him a lesson um but then she uh and it's told throughout but there's something that happened to her uh in college that is haunting her and that's why she's doing this stuff and you, it's slowly revealed throughout the film i thought this one was really good uh, i think that the thing that i liked about it was that I've seen a bunch of these Me Too movements, and the one fatal flaw for me that always seems to uh, make me not like them is they portray males specifically in an unrealistic way where they just make them almost like caricatures of a a rapist or a sex offender or like a you know abuser and they they make it feel unnatural like they make it feel like that everybody's just scum but Mm -hmm. not in a realistic way where they where it feels like it's something that somebody would actually say or act like and i feel like in this movie because she was specifically seeking out scummy people it wasn't like oh everybody's scum it was like she's targeting scum so yeah you know it it uh it works a little better now i will say there there is a little bit of that thing where it's like okay everybody's just a piece of garbage um but i think it's they they keep it to a minimum um compared to the other films i've seen like this and honestly like i think that it just it's edited really well the soundtrack's good uh the the storytelling is is well done I think it's just mm-hmm. a really good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. Um, I thought it was going to be like a horror revenge film, too. Even the trailer kind of made it look like it might be, but uh wouldn't consider it horror. It's more like thriller. Um, kind of comedy, actually. Like, there's some funny moments in the film, and uh, I liked it. I liked the main girl, and uh, a lot of the other... I thought all the actors were really good in this film, Um and it kind of reminds me of like the not kind of like mfa which i watched earlier in the year to do an exploding heads yeah uh, see that was one where i also felt like they just made everybody seem like scum as well kind of like it, yeah it's like more of a toned down version of that in my head just because like that one's kind of like has the college aspect and like revenge and the girls mm-hmm. kind of seeking out certain people but uh yeah, I did enjoy this film. Uh, it's kind of long, but it also has, like, a lot of lot going on, you know? Like, the girl works at this uh, coffee shop, and then she kind of has, like, this dorky guy trying to get with her, and then she's doing the stuff where she's picking up guys at the bar, but it's not all just that. So uh, it kept me very intrigued throughout the whole thing. So I am glad that we saw it. Like I said, you know, I wouldn't really put this on a horror list or anything like that, but... Uh, I think it's worth a watch, and it's a Me Too movie that's not super cringe. And I was expecting cringe kind of when we went into it, but I was pleased because I didn't really cringe. And I think that the third act gets really shocking and goes places you don't expect it to. And they also use that song Morning Angel like perfect in this movie. Right, right. I really like that. 
mm-hmm. how they incorporated that song. Um, but yeah, I gave it an eight out of ten. I think that's what I gave it as well. Eight out of ten. Or sorry, I gave it eight point five. Even better. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, um, let's <clears throat> get into our blind spots. I shall go first. All right. All right, my blind spot was Taxi Driver, 1976, directed by the one, the only, the man, Martin Scorsese. And he is one of the best filmmakers of all time. It's just a fact, you know. I think a lot of people, cinephiles, hold him in high regard. I mean, he's made some of the best movies in the history of cinema, like, mm-hmm. literally. Um, and I, 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 it's, I haven't seen, like, all of his filmography not even close but i have seen a handful of his films and i haven't seen a single film of his that i didn't like i don't know if you have or not yeah i don't know what he's done what good fellas taxi driver did he do the bronx style or is that a different guy uh he did no i don't think no uh did did nero do bronx style Oh, he might. Oh, I think he, yeah, he did. He starred in it and did it. Uh, so. he did Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, which I've never seen. Um, The Color of Money, The Last Temptation of Christ, uh, Cape Fear, Goodfellas, Casino. Okay. Have you seen Casino? No, I've seen bits and pieces of it on TV, but I never sat down and watched the whole thing. Um, it is amazing. It's it's essentially like another Goodfellas. Like it's maybe mm-hmm. not quite as good, but it's really up there. If you ever like, that's one that I would love to give you for a blind spot one day, or maybe we could just sit down and watch it because it's it it got De Niro and Pesci, and it's like very similar in the stuff that's going on. There's one really brutal scene in it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great movie. Great, great movie. Love Casino. I've only seen it one time, um, back in like 2013 or 14. Um, my boss actually lent me a DVD copy and I watched it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really good. I've seen that one before. Um, Gangs of New York, which is a really good one. Um, that one is, uh, set in 1927, I think or it's it's set like a it's set a little earlier in in new york i think Mm. um i i hadn't seen that in a long time uh the aviator which is really good um that one uh stars leonardo dicaprio uh the departed which is have you seen the departed well basically because you sent you showed me clips of it no you haven't seen it uh the departed is amazing um probably honestly like probably i don't know i mean he has so many good movies but it's what it's one of his better uh later films shutter island which is maybe uh his second sort of horror type movie if you count cape fear mm-hmm. um you've seen shutter island yeah i've seen shutter i've seen cape fear obviously goodfellas taxi driver and i think shutter island is like the last one i've also read shutter island and uh yeah that movie's pretty good pretty good adaptation of the book yeah i've never read the book but it i I I love what he does with the ending there man it's it's so good and powerful and i didn't catch it like at the um like all of i caught like the twist but i you know i didn't catch like the final thing until like years later but yeah it's a it's a great movie um and then he did the wolf of wall street as well which i've never seen 
Yeah, me neither. So I've only seen four of his movies then. Yeah, but he he's made some fantastic films. Of course, he did The Irishman that came out this last year on Netflix. I never watched it because it was like three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, so Taxi Driver follows uh, Robert De Niro, who uh, gets a job as a taxi driver in New York City. Um, a it's set in the backdrop of a decaying and morale 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 how do you say that morally morally <laughs> bankrupt New York City. Uh, he he is um he, he's a uh, is is he not a veteran? Yeah, he was a U.S. Marine in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, who was honorably discharged, and he's living in New York City. Uh, he frequents a Forty uh, Second Street porn theater. Um, he there's a lot of like inner dialogue that you hear, like sort of a narration type thing, um, in his head that he that that he sort of talks about talks and stuff, which is I really like that about it. Um, yeah. He's kind of just disgusted with the sleaze and the, the grime and the grit and the dirtiness of the city. Uh, he tries to meet this girl and um, date her. It doesn't really work out. But he also has his eye on a prostitute played by a, a young Jodie Foster. She's supposed to be 12 and a half in the movie. I don't know how old she was in real life. Um, I believe she was 12. But he tries to basically save her from her life of exploitation. Um, it, it's kind of a weird movie because it's like I don't know. Like he's sort of a vi- he he get, becomes a vigilante, but I don't really know why. Uh, because I think he, I think it's like he just wants. To, he's kind of living like a plain life like he you know lives in this crappy apartment and always soon as being a taxi driver and I think he just feels that he has to like do something else and he starts like kind of going mad essentially and yeah it, he does I don't know this. it doesn't feel like he's mad though you know like because people compare this to Joker where I think <laughs> Joker is really going mad I just think that he like and and here's why there, there's many scenes where he's looking at himself in a mirror and fantasizing about using his guns and stuff like that. He buys Mm -hmm. all these guns and he's like, so it's almost like he's, it's not like he's crazy. He just wants to be something or he wants to make a change or he just wants to feel important or something. Yeah, that's kind I mean, that's kind of what I mean. I just see like kind of the part with the guns and whatnot is a little, I find that not maybe mad, but just like he like it comes almost obsessed with like being this important person who like makes a change. Yeah, he he's like, like pure fantasy mode at that point. Yeah, he's playing yeah. out scenarios in front of the thing. He's he's pulling his gun. He even when he's like just chilling watching TV, he has the gun in his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like obsessed with it, and and he has this sort of um unhealthy relationship with these weapons early um it's an it's an interesting movie it really and i think that there's like amazing 
jazzy saxophones in the score, which I just love, especially in New York, uh, early New York, with the grime and the dirt. I mean, the streets are just filthy. There's trash everywhere. I love that look, dude. It's just that in today's filmmaking, film set in New York just don't look like that ever right. anymore. Yeah. And it's just a, an, an era. The 70s and 80s New York is one of my favorite things in film love it uh but yeah i thought this movie was pretty amazing um robert de niro looks so young in it yeah but yeah i thought uh, harvey Keitel's also in here Mm. um but yeah it's uh it's a great movie i I really liked it i gave it a nine out of ten i'm glad you like the move buddy joe spinell's actually in this too oh yeah he yeah He's like kind of scummy, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess my blind spot was a Dangerous Mind from 1995. Been spending Michelle. most our lives living Life. in the gangster's paradise. Been spending most I... our lives living in the gangster's paradise. Dude. I was going. What? You, what? I was going to say that I... um. The other night, I think it was Saturday or something like that, I was, like, at home watching this movie, Dangerous Minds, and my aunt and mom were, like, in a group text, my aunt Neely, like, on my dad's side, and uh, she, like, sent some board game, and she was, like, come over and play, and I was, like, I'm in the middle of a move, and they were, like, what move? And I said, Dangerous Minds, and they were, like, oh, yeah, we, I've never seen that, both of them have never seen it, but they said they liked the song in it, I was, like, what, that Gangster's Paradise song? And they were, like, yes. And I was like, geez. I was like, I'm not. I'm surprised by that. And I, my mom was like, yeah, me too. And she was like, but I always liked that. And then my aunt was like, oh, I like gangster rap. And then she like proceeded to like say some other stuff. But so uh, I when, thought that was weird. When, when this movie, I had this movie um, on VHS as a kid, and back before the internet, you couldn't like. If I want to hear Gangster's Paradise, I just YouTube it or Spotify it and listen to it, right? But yeah. back then, I didn't have means to do that. I didn't have it on tape or CD or anything. So I would start the movie, and you know how like it shows that montage of like the school buses and the black and white, and like it has that song and it's showing all the characters and kids and stuff like that. Yes. I would just play that over and over again to listen to part of that song. <laughs> The struggle of the night. I love how that opening looks with the. It, mm-hmm. it just sets the tone so well. You know what I mean? Like the tone of the. It sets not the tone of the movie, but it sets the backdrop of of the society and the the inner city there. I just I love that scene, the opening. It goes through like the whole song too. Does it? Much. I don't. I, I mean, I, I, I think... can't remember. Maybe it's just like, a, it might not be the whole thing, but it like it goes on for a long time. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I like it too. And I think it's the perfect song to like fit with that sort of background. Um, but the movie itself is about this woman who uh, I believe she's a former Marine and uh, she always wanted to be a teacher and she comes back and gets an interview at this school and essentially they are like okay can you start today and she's like what the heck and she was like heck yeah i want to teach and then uh she has a buddy who works he's also a teacher at the school and uh he's like do you like know what you're getting into are you sure about this and she was like yeah i'm sure 
and uh, the principal kind of explained like a little bit about the class, but in a vague way. Um, I forget what she like calls it, but um, just kind of saying like there are kids who maybe are, aren't as intelligent or as uh, well up and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, I know what I'm getting into. And then she goes in there and um, they're, <laughs> the kids are all just kind of running amok. And uh, there's like a rap battle going on in the middle of the class. Which I'm pretty sure, I, I have a teacher, like, in high school, who I feel like just stole this from, because he said he used to teach at an inner city school, and he said he walked in once, and there was, like, a rap battle going on, and he just walked out, and I feel like he just, like, stole it from this movie to, like, sound cool. But, who knows, that could have happened. Uh, but she goes in, and she's like, what the F, and then she walks out, and she's like, I can't teach these kids, and dude's like, oh, come on, you gotta just do it your way, and then she goes home, kind of, like, is thinking up a plan and then she goes in the next day with like a whole different attitude and tries to basically start connecting with them and it it actually kind of works and the kids grow a liking to her and uh she starts getting them to you know reach their potential a little bit more and then she gets more involved with some of their like personal lives and whatnot and that's sort of the basis of the movie uh i enjoyed the film i thought it was good i like I like these movies where, you know, it's kids that have a hard life and living in the inner city, they're kind of poor and they're probably intelligent, but they just don't care enough to... They're not given a chance to succeed. And that that's, yeah. that speaks on a whole of sort of the poor schools and the low academic schools mm. in general. Like, that's true. It, it, it's real life, you know what I mean? Like, and, and just even you know people who grew up in rough neighborhoods it's so easy to fall victim to that lifestyle because it's all you see and all you know and it's it seems like a way to get out of the situation you're in um because school doesn't really help you and you don't have guidance and it's just it, it's it's sad but it, it it is really true um have you seen freedom writers I have not. Okay. I know that's like the same story, though, pretty much. It, it is, and I all, I actually thought that it was just a re, like a rework of this movie, where it was mm -hmm. like based on because um, I knew it was based on a book, and I just thought it was the same book that Dangerous Minds was based on. But so Dangerous Minds is based on a true story of a Marine, Luann Johnson, who. Uh, in 1989 uh took up teaching at a school in california where her students were mostly black and latino and it you know poverty stricken racial segregation all that stuff not economically deprived city and uh it was essentially um jesus uh it was essentially you know based on her book that she wrote called my posse don't do homework uh-huh and uh yeah it was um it was it was really well done but the freedom writers i actually saw freedom writers back in 07 in the theater uh yeah. actually around this time it, it came out in january of 07 so uh that one is essentially the same thing kind of a, a teach a, a a young teacher who is full of like it's not a marine but she's full of like sort of um you know determination takes control of the uh, same s s 
type of class, you know, um, racially mm. div- divert, divided, um, and deals with the same stuff. But that one was actually based on a teacher named Aaron Gruwell, who compiled a book out of real life diary entries um, of the kids that lived in her English class. Uh, not lived in her English class, but the kids that lived in the city in her English class, and uh, it's ve- it's a very similar movie. Like it almost feels like a remake, but it stars Hilary Swank. And if you like that one, you would like this one too because it's it's the same type of movie. Um, actually, funny enough, Danny DeVito produced Freedom Riders. <laughs> Callback. Um, no, uh, that's that is weird actually because I thought. I didn't think Freedom Ringers was a remake, but I thought they were both just based on that same Posse Don't Do Homework book. Like, I thought they were based on the same, I guess, uh, source material. So that's interesting that it's just two different things that happen to be very identical. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty cool movie, Dangerous Minds, and Freedom Riders mm-hmm. is also really good. Uh, Freedom Riders is is right up there i mean it's just as good um but i remember seeing it i remember going to see it at at a theater and we would just i think i was like on a date or something like that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. where it was like just me and like all my friends and their girlfriends and you know just like a bunch of kids getting together to go see a movie and it didn't really matter what the movie was you know we just were doing it to do it Mm. And uh, I remember the movie was playing and like I actually started getting really into it while my friends are just like being jerks in the theater and being loud and obnoxious and stuff like that, (laughs) which is always me. That was always me. Like we would we would throw on a movie for like background or something and then I would be the one that would get into it because I was like the cinephile, you know. Um, Yeah. But yeah, check out Freedom Riders one day when you get a chance. Uh, It's it's really good. All right, I shall. Um, what did you rate Dangerous Minds? I give Dangerous Minds an 8 out of 10. I liked it. Yeah, It had and, some emotional parts, too, that were pretty cool. Yeah, and funny enough, um, it actually spawned a television series, which I had no idea about. Um, and it only ran for one season in 1996 with 17 episodes. Isn't it funny how many like television series, like just fail so like there's been so many tv series based off movies or books and they just completely tank and you don't even hear about them because yeah you think it's stuff like that all the time like do you remember that 80s show i i yeah i never like try to watch it but i i do recall that being them trying to do that and it completely just not working out yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but that happens all the time there's there's you always find like doing the 22 shots like we found out about that omen one it existed yeah. like there's it's really funny how that happens but mm-hmm. um anyway so i guess that's it for the blind right. spots let want to get into our featured review i do all right so yeah. our featured review this <clears throat> week is hunter hunter it stars devin sawa who um you know has done a lot in in horror you know final destination um idle hands maybe not a lot in horror but he's been in some stuff of course the fanatic a film that mean you really liked from last year called the fanatic it actually made your top 10 i don't get i did not understand the hate for that movie like people almost like it's like they didn't want to even take it serious you know what i mean it's like they expected it to be garbage 
Yeah, I still don't understand what everyone's problem was with that. They made it seem like it was like a 3 out of 10, and it was actually a very entertaining film. But, yeah, he was in that. Uh, He looks very different. Even in this movie, I was like halfway through, and I was like, oh yeah, Devin Saul was like playing the... (laughs) Like dad character, because I just don't recognize him as yeah. an like. I actually not recognized him more in the fanatic. <laughs> I didn't like know that was him at all in the fanatic until the credits rolled at the end. I was like, holy crap! But uh, so yeah, <clears throat> Hunter Hunter uh, mm-hmm. follows Joseph, played by Devin Sawa, and his family live in a remote wilderness as fur trappers. But their tranquility is threatened when they think they are being hunted by the return of a rogue wolf. Joseph leaves them behind to track it. So you have a father, a mother, and their, I don't know, 12, 13-year-old daughter. Mm. And right away we get this like sort of bonding scene with Devin Sawa and his daughter. And, you know, he's teaching her the ways of like trapping and, and hunting and, and skinning animals and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, which is something I could never do. Me neither, I don't think. But um, it reminds me of my neighbor who has two young daughters. And his youngest daughter is like just like that girl. Like She's she's out there hunting and skinning animals and stuff with, with him all the time. Because he's a huge like hunter, like tracker. Like he has uh, chickens and like he tries to be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so there's this wolf, and a wolf is a big deal uh, for the sort of the area, because it, it's it's eating their animals, like they're trapping animals, and this is their livelihood, you know, they, they mm-hmm. have to sell these furs to order to make ends meet, you know what I mean, and uh, they're trapping animals, and the wolf is coming by and eating the animals off of the trap and leaving their severed leg behind. So this is a big deal. They got to they got to deal with this situation. They got to kill this wolf. Uh, and th- this one's going to be really hard to talk about. And this is about as far as I'll go because it mm-hmm. happens so early. But when he's tracking this wolf, he spots the wolf uh, eating a severed hand. And yes. it leads him to find a shocking revelation in the woods. And that is about as far as I'll go. Um, this is going to be a very short review because I think that figuring out what's going on is one of the fun aspects of this movie. Um, you actually interpreted it in an entirely different way than I did what you thought was going on with like red herrings. And if I was giving you a little bit of slack, you know, crap for it because I was like, I never thought that at all. But I actually was listening to a podcast, and somebody else thought that way, too. Oh, really? Yay! Yeah. So, you're not dumb. I, I was going to get upset just, just now that you... Either. Wait, what? Nothing. What? I was going to... I was about to get mad, because you were bringing that up. I was going to say that <laughs> never happened, but since you were giving me credit, I am okay now. Um, yeah, I took it a different way, and... Uh, but, I mean, by the end, like, I knew that's my way... I would realize like my way was not correct. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I had this movie. Um, I thought I was going to like it a lot because, well, like I saw Jeremy saying like, Oh, it's a bleak, depressing film. And I've been kind of into those, but 
I don't know. I wasn't super into this one, to be honest. I mean, it's a good movie. I'm not going to lie. It is good. I think the setting is cool. I think it's, you know, just eerie in general that this family lives out in the middle of nowhere and just kind of does their own thing. And, like, having one thing, like, a wolf around could really put a damper on your whole life because it takes away your food and your money and everything. Um... But I just wasn't that enthralled with it. I thought it was kind of slow, and I thought that it kind of is good, and then it has that really amazing, uh, brutal sort of ending, and that really sells it. But the movie as a whole, I just wasn't super into. Like, it's not something I would ever well, feel like watching again. Well, you are wrong, because this movie is great. Uh, the only issue that I have with it is one of the character decisions of the father... I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know, I guess I can get it, but at the same time, it just seems kind of stupid. Yeah, he's a more effing on. And, but, like, dude, I mean, I thought this movie was incredibly uh, suspenseful, and it was, like, scary, and it goes in a very nasty territory, and I love that. Uh, it, it is a bit of a slow burn in the, <clears throat> in the beginning, but really to me... What breaks up that slow burn is what, what the father finds out in the woods that I just thought was done so well and it looked so realistic and it reminded me of what that would actually look like and it actually got under my skin and made me like kind of uh, scared, you know, and just like, wow, like this is, this is horrible. I watch a lot of true crime stuff and... Um, one of the scary things for me about true crime is like whenever like that one that i just watched um with the family and the you know the american family or whatever where the guy kills the daughters and the wife um that that like whenever they describe like how he killed him and got rid of the bodies and stuff it just deeply disturbs me and uh, I'm not saying that's what happens in this movie because, you know, it, it's not. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that sort of disturbing quality exists in this movie as well. And uh, there's a very powerful scene in the third act that I, it really sold me on the entire movie. If I wasn't already sold it, it upped my rating. So I, I thought it was pretty great. I think Jeremy was right about this one um, for me personally. I thought it was a really good movie. Yes, well, um, no, I thought it was really good. Like, I still rated it pretty high. It's just, like, it didn't blow me away like everyone else. And I thought it was rather, it took a while for me to really get into it, I feel. So, like, it didn't captivate me from the start. So I was kind of like, uh, uh, but it did have some creepy moments. It did have some tense moments. Um, I was annoyed by the, uh, what's what I call it? not the cops but like the ground i don't even know who those pe if those were cops or what they were but i thought they were annoying because it was the basic like oh we don't believe you type of bullcrap um and that made me not like them but it did have a really good ending and it was a really gross type of ending and i thought that was cool but uh overall i mean it's a good move it's a good move but just not really my cup of tea Alright, let's get into ratings. Uh, I gave this puppy an 8.5 out of 10. I see. Um, I mean, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Really? Yes. Okay, so you liked it. 
No, no, I'm just saying it's. I'm not gonna give it like a five out of ten, buddy. Like that, you know how I rate. <coughs> God bless America. Uh, wanted me to read letterbox reviews. Oh, I totally forgot. Yes. Oh well. Okay, let's see. Uh, here is a two and a half star review, and this is by a guy named Sam. And Sam fancies if my phone shall load, shall it load, shall it load. Oh, there we go. Sam's favorite moves are The Wages of Fear, Twin Peaks, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and Mad Max Fury Road. Good for you, Sam. Good for you. Wow, uh, you he know said, what? A lot of people actually didn't like this one, like me and Jeremy. I'm seeing a lot of threes. Yeah, that's what I followers. noticed, too. Mm-hmm. But this guy said, after a really strong start, it fell apart slowly but surely and unfortunately got predictable and rather bland and lost most of its initial charm and my interest TBH. I mean, it's not a bad movie, just nothing special really uh, with a face. Um, So, yeah, I disagree with him. I I felt the exact opposite in the movie. I I was bored and then I got into it like later. (laughs) I have one for the positive review. Um, this is from Tim McClelland, and his favorite films are I was Matrix, going to read that one, Sin actually. City, <laughs> Galaxy Quest, and Scott Program vs. The World. Doesn't seem to watch a ton of horror. Alright, so he says, A slow burn that pays off with one of the most brutally violent and heinous finals I've ever seen. I don't know about all that, but... That ending is amazing while being phenomenally disgusting! Exclamation point. I was enjoying this movie just fine, but that ending turned this into one of the most shocking and surprising films I've seen all year. This movie is not what I expected, but it blew me away with one of the most finest moments of gore I've ever laid eyes on. Bravo, you sick bastards. Bravo. I see. Um, Yes, I was going to read that review, and I can tell that you just thought I wasn't, so you felt like you had to Well, buddy, you know what they say. I'm better is, than you. No, no one has ever <laughs> said that. They say it. It's like a penny saved is a penny earned. You know. Uh-huh. Kill two birds with one stone. Um, what? No, what? Don't shit no, where you no. eat. Buddy, no. That no one has... That, no, those are actual, like, real sayings. Yeah, no this one has is said. a saying, too. <laughs> No, it's they not. No, every, in fact, people say the opposite. They <laughs> no, say, they like, don't. I'm better than you. <laughs> you just, when there's snow you on the ground, you your ear to the ground. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, when there's snow on the ground, I won't be around. Did I say that once? Yeah, you said that once. Alright, so that's the final episode of 2020. I hope you guys enjoyed. We will see you guys next time with another review now, going into 2021, it's going to be hard to find a newly released film to do week one, I think. Uh, we'll try our best, but I'm not sure we'll be able to find something. If not, we'll figure something out. But any final words for 2020? Um, hopefully, hopefully 2021 is better and we get some good moves. Yes, good moves. Good move. All right. So with that said, I will see you guys next time. She will see you next time. Peace out. Bye.